Well, today, September 28th, 2021, top defense officials attend a committee hearing with Congress where they are questioned by several senators regarding the Afghanistan withdrawal. We also have news, breaking news from former President Barack Obama, who has given his personal opinion on the current situation at the border. We have news on the economy. Ron DeSantis commences an investigation into Facebook for allegedly manipulating election results. To start, top defense officials attending a Congress hearing questioned by several senators. At this hearing, they were asked about the Afghanistan withdrawal General Milley, General McKenzie, and Secretary Austin. General Milley claims the Biden administration com committed an in-depth, thorough strategic planning and was provided with several options along with the potential consequences which came along with each option. Obviously, our president, President Biden, just completely disregarded any of those advice, any of that military advice and military strategies which were presented to him. General Milley claims war in Afghanistan did not end the way we wanted. Of course it didn't end the way you wanted. It ended in leaving behind American citizens. It ended in leaving the Taliban in power and control of a country. Is that even considered the ending of a war or is that commencing a new war? Because, I mean, if you have a terrorist organization who just strongly hates and publicly hates the United States of America and you have them now in the most po powerful position they have ever been, do you really think that's going to end a war with them? Or do you really think that's going to start a new war and new attacks and new concerns? Because now we have now we have the terrorists, the Taliban in power and in control of a country and they're being backed by China. Another enemy of the United States of America. Another country who just wants to see the United States of America fall. Yet President Biden claims this a victory and claims this to be a success. And says that this supports the end of the 20 year long war with Afghanistan. I don't see how this ends the war. I only see how this starts a new war. General Milley says... Al-Qaeda and ISIS attacks on American soil are now very much possible. That that strongly supports my, my statement that the Afghanistan withdrawal did not end a war, but yet commenced a new one. He said uh, ISIS attacks and Al-Qaeda Al -Qaeda attacks are now even more possible on American soil. Well, obviously, they're now very highly possible because now not only are they in more power, but now they have more weaponry and more capabilities to commit those terrorist attacks. Secretary Austin went on to say the intelligence was clear that if we did not leave in accordance with the agreement that President Trump made, the Taliban would recommence attacks on American forces. Secretary Austin is referring to the, the agreement that Trump made with Taliban where they agreed that they would withdraw all American troops by, I believe it was our October, I mean, August 31st. As long as the Taliban agreed to not harm or attack any American or American forces. 
That is, of course, the agreement that Biden relies on as his as his way out, as his blame to why the Afghanistan withdrawal was such a failure. He blames it on Trump and he blames it on Trump's agreements. Where today one of the ones a senator at the hearing made it very clear that President Biden's handling of the Afghanistan withdrawal is not tied to any other or any previous leaders policies or agreements with the Taliban because this is not a treaty the president was not bound by the decisions of a previous president's prior agreement Biden could have made his own decisions he could have extended the withdrawal end dates he could have done several several he could have listened to his military advisors who were telling him what would have been best but yet he completely disregarded it President Biden was clearly advised by his military advisors, both General McKenzie and General Milley. They both recommended Biden that they maintained a 2,500 troops in Afghanistan and also recommended that the withdrawal of those forces would lead to the collapse of the Afghanistan government. Both generals told Biden that they that he should maintain a presence of at least 2,500 troops in Afghanistan in the Kabul airport and in the embassy so that they can maintain diplomatic ties and diplomatic relations in Afghanistan. Now, obviously, Biden completely disregarded that, that, rec that recommendation, that advice, which he was proposed by both generals. Now, both generals stayed at the committee that Biden or the, any president is not obligated to listen to any generals. They're only there to advise him to give him advice. But at the end of the day, it is his response, his responsibility. It is his decision to make. Obviously, Biden made the wrong decision and he was influenced by something else to make that terrible decision, which he made for the withdrawal. Biden today was disproved by both generals because previously in August 18th, in an interview with ABC, President Biden stated, if there are American citizens left behind, we are going to stay to get them out. Now, we all know that did not happen and American citizens are left behind. Biden also stated at that interview that he was never advised by any military leader to remain in presence of troops at Afghanistan. Both General Milley and General McKenzie, both disproved that statement that Biden made because they both stated that they did provide him with military recommendations for what he should have done at the minute at the at Afghanistan and telling him to maintain a presence of at least 2,500 troops at Afghanistan. So that's two times Biden lied to not only the American citizens, but to foreign countries and basically went against his old foreign policy. President Biden also said that Al-Qaeda and ISIS had left Afghanistan, so there is no threat by them. General Milley also today at the committee, at the hearing, stated that Al-Qaeda never left Afghanistan and is still present and active in Afghanistan. There you have three times that your president, President Biden, blatantly lied to the public at an interview with ABC.
blatantly just lied. The president who's supposed to be the man of his word, the president who is supposed to be the one that does not lie, the honest president, the liar is Trump. Trump is the one that's portrayed as the liar. He's the one that's the menace. He's the bad guy. Biden is the good guy who's here for the the greater good of this country. I guess he slipped a little lies there in that interview. General Milley stated also in today at the hearing, he stated the military advice was considered, but obviously was not followed. It obviously was not followed. We also heard today by one of the senators and was confirmed by Secretary Austin that the Biden administration is reaching out to Russia and negotiating with Russia to use their some of their Russian bases for their over-the-horizon national security. The Biden administration have less, has left the United States in such a terrible situation that we need help from Russia to secure our own country and to, and to improve our own military forces. We need Russia's help. That is the state of the current United States of America. We're asking Russia for their help. We're going to depend upon Russia, a country that could care less about whether the United States is prosperous or successful, a country that wants to bring down the United States of America. And now we're, go and now we're negotiating with them, asking them for help, depending upon them. Obviously, Russia's going to take this up, this opportunity to create an amazing agreement to their benefits where the United States will completely depend upon them. If we depend upon them, they have power upon us. General Milley also said that he, on August 25th was when he was asked about whether they should remain a military presence in Kabul airport and whether they should start evacuating American citizens. On August 25th, Kabul fell in August 15. And nobody was asked before August 15 if the United States should remain a military presence in Afghanistan in the Kabul airport. They waited 10 days. They waited until August 25th to start asking whether or what they should do with their military in Afghanistan. 10 days after Kabul fell to the Taliban. And General Milley assured that today at the hearing. That was asked by Senator Collins. Senator Collins was the one that questioned General Milley and asked him when was he questioned regarding the presence of the military in the Kabul airport. Both generals and Secretary Austin also went on to say that the end goal of the United States, the end, their plan, which they had created, for the Afghanistan withdrawal was to end in a diplomatic manner. Now, how the heck are they going to end in a diplomatic manner when there are no diplomats on ground in Afghanistan? Everyone left. The embassy is vacant. They all left. They all evacuated Afghanistan. So how are they, how do they plan to end in a diplomatic manner when there are no diplomats in Afghanistan? It shows, it shows the level of planning that they took for this Afghanistan withdrawal and shows why 
the withdrawal was such a devastating failure. I mean, they were negotiating with terrorists. They had terrorists in control of the of the key handling points to the Kabul airport where American citizens were passing by to be able to reach the airport to be able to evacuate. And the Taliban were the ones in control of those checkpoints. It shows the level of incompetency and it shows just how much lack of proper leadership we have in this country right now. The Biden administration has completely eliminated all U.S. credibility. The United States credibility to foreign countries and to foreign allies is completely lost. General Milley said, this is, this is his words, the U.S. credibility is under review by allies for whether we go in the right way or not. He just said that our allies are they're questioning whether they can trust the United States of America, a country who has promised the world to them, a country who has promised and failed to execute on all of their promises. And now they're questioning whether we're actually here to help them or whether we're not. That shows how the United States credibility is completely gone. And yet President Biden still has the audacity to go on live television and claim the Afghanistan withdrawal a success and claim it to be to mark the end of a 20-year-long war with Afghanistan. When it actually, in reality, it only marks the beginning of a new war. A new war with Afghanistan, a new war with China, a new war with our foreign countries and our foreign allies because they can't even trust us anymore. They have to question. When a country has to question whether they can put trust in us, trust me that we've lost all credibility. We've lost all, all control, all placement that we've had with other countries across the globe is lost. Unless we start to elect some proper leaders, whether they're Republican or Democrat, does not matter. But we need to elect a leader who is intellectually capable and st strong enough to handle the current situation of the country. Because whoever the next president goes on to be, whoever we elect next, has to be one hell of a strong president. One heck of a firm and intellectually smart president to be able to bring the country out of what President Biden has and the Democrats have put the country in. We're going to need a president who's, I mean, we're going to need one hell of a president to be able to help the United States come out of what we're currently in. And right now, the only candidates who have, who have shown that level of strength and integrity to be able to achieve that are former President Trump, Governor Ron DeSantis, and so far those are the only two that I can think of who actually have the integrity and the self-will to bring the country back to where it was. Now, I'm not saying that no Democrats are capable of doing it. Democrats, there there's definitely has to be at least one Democrat out there who actually cares for the better of this country and actually cares for pres preser preserving the fundamental values of which this country was based on and can actually help this country get out of what, what it's in right now. But so far, no Democrat has come out saying that because 
well, the majority of the Democrats support the Biden administration. So if one Democrat excludes himself from that and starts to bash them, then he's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna be basically thrown to shit by the by the Democrats, and then he's gonna have to come over to the Republican side, and that's not gonna make them Democrats look good. It's not gonna make his ideology look good. So they're not gonna. So it's gonna be very hard to see that, but it's always a first for everything. Now mentioning Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, the state which I live in, has initiated an investigation into Facebook for allegedly, for possible election manipulation. Facebook has a so-called whitelist, which contains a list of specific individuals who are not subject to Facebook post guidelines and their, and Facebook's manual review process to assure that a post abides by their policies and their their guidelines Ron DeSantis said that whitelist contains high profile counts like celebrities politicians journalists and and it was initially created as a security process to protect those accounts but it has been transformed and has allowed those all the accounts on that list unrestricted authority to post anything they they want and they won't be subject to the review process of facebook so therefore it has provided many political candidates an advantage an advantage over their opposing challenger because they've been able to uh, they've been able to unrestrictedly post anything and everything they want without being subject to facebook's review process this supposed whitelist goes to show the level that big pioneers in media have and the the influence they have over elections. Everything runs off the internet. Everyone everyone has a phone in their pocket. Everyone has an Instagram account and a Facebook account. And everyone relies on a big majority of their news and of what they know off of social media. Therefore, if Facebook allows, for example, if Facebook allows a certain political candidate unrestricted access to post anything and everything they want and then they restrict that the opposing political challenger and they uh, and and they restrict whatever that person posts but they allow the other political candidate to post anything they want it's going to give that specific candidate an advantage over the other one because his posts are reaching a larger audience and gaining more engagement whereas the opposing challenger's post are being limited and are reaching a smaller audience so they're not being exposed to the same amount of people who can later on vote for him. So that is why Ron DeSantis initiated an investigation into Facebook for allegedly co contributing to election manipulation. That goes to show and it supports what I previously said that Republicans are the ones who are currently showing that they're actually in support of basic fundamental american values they're the ones that are actually here to assure election integrity they're the ones that are here to assure basic human rights and our freedoms they're not the ones who are advocating for vaccine mandates they're not the ones who are advocating for open borders they're not the ones that are advocating for gun restricting gun restriction and and gun control they're not the ones that are trying to take away our second amendment right they're the ones that are advocating for the complete opposite. The Republicans are the ones who are currently 
advocating for freedom of speech, for preserving the fundamental values which this country was based upon. The Democrats, or at least the majority of Democrats, have shown that they're that they're here for actually. The majority of Democrats have shown that they're against that. That they're here to allow immigration. They're here for vaccine mandates. They're pro-vaccine. If you don't get a vaccine, you can't get a job. I mean, if I could have gone back and told Thomas Jefferson that in in in, in a couple hundred years there's going to be a president and the United States is is going to kick you out of your job for not taking a vaccine, I'm pretty sure he's going to be disappointed. I'm pretty sure he's going to feel outraged. Pretty sure he's not going to accept that because it's not what they. It's not the purpose on which they founded the United States of America on. But yet we have people who actually support that. I can understand why a lot of people are supporting, say, vaccine mandates. Because, I mean, if you can't blame them, because if they go on TV or they go on any news media, they're going to see that they're going to tell them that what's best for them is the vaccine. The vaccine is what's going to prevent them from catching COVID and possibly being possibly being taken to the hospital and possibly dying for from covid so people are not people are gonna be like oh shit man if i if i i don't want to die from covid so in order for me not to die from covid i have to take this this freaking vaccine so everyone's gonna promote the vaccine people don't realize though that it's okay to take the vaccine i'm not against the vaccine whoever wants to take the vaccine can take the vaccine like don't tell me that if i don't get a vaccine i cannot work if i don't get a vaccine i can't travel if i don't get a vaccine i can't walk into a store and buy groceries that's where I have a problem. And that's where a lot of Republicans have a problem. It's not about the vaccine. It's not about COVID. COVID is real. COVID exists. COVID is there. People are getting infected. And there's people who there's some people who are actually dying. It's real. I'm not denying that at all. I'm completely aware that COVID is real. But don't obligate people into getting a vaccine. If you don't want to get the vaccine, if someone does not want to get the vaccine, that's their decision. That's their personal decision to make. It's not your decision as a government to make for them. And that's not even the point. The point is just allowing people to have freedom to take the vaccine if they want it and not take the vaccine if they don't want it. Wear a mask if you want to wear a mask. Don't wear a mask if you don't want to wear a mask. If you're vaccinated, then why are, why do you care so much about whether someone's wearing a mask or not? I mean, isn't the vaccine supposed to protect you? I don't see the point of myself getting vaccinated if I'm still going to have to go everywhere with three masks on my face. I can assure you that if the FDA comes out saying that even if you're vaccinated, you still need to go to the store with three masks on, you're going to see all the vaccinated people walking into the store with three masks on their face because that's what the FDA recommends and the FDA is here for our safety. So everyone's going to go, all the vaccinated are going to go into the store with three masks on their face, even though they're vaccinated. So that whole, everything they're promoting about, oh, we need to get, we need to, we need to reach 97% vaccinations because that's what's going to give us, that's what's going to achieve us to go back to normalcy and what we were pre-COVID is bullshit. It's not going to achieve that. We're never going to go back to that as long as we keep having these leaders in place with these ideologies because I mean, right now, all you have to do is you go on, you go on to the FDC and they recommend getting vaccinated, but you still need to wear the mask. So it does not matter whether everyone's vaccinated. They're still going to tell you to wear the freaking mask. And if they tell people, oh, you're vaccinated, but you need to wear three masks, four masks on your face. Everyone's going to be in a line with the vaccination with all three doses and wearing three fucking masks on their face. 
because that's what the FDA approves. That's what the FDA recommends, and the FDA is supposed to be here for our safety. It shows how easily manipulated people are. It shows the power that a government has over the citizens. People will do anything the government says if it affects their health or if it affects their pockets. The government knows that, and they're exercising it. The government knows that, so they're doing it. Telling people either you get vaccinated or you're going to get sick and you're going to die. Either you get vaccinated and you wear three masks and you get three doses, or you're not able to get a job. Or you're going to get fired from the job. If you believe that's right and you believe that's okay, then I can't help you. You got to help yourself. Those people that believe that's right, they're going to eventually realize it's not right. Too late to do anything about it. It's not about whether you're Republican or whether you're a Democrat. That, that does not apply to this. That's just simple common sense and being able to make decisions for yourself and not relying purely off what someone, some government official says because they're the ones who society claims to know what's best for you. No government knows what's best for you. No third party knows what's best for any individual. Only you know what's best for yourself because only you know your current situation. So only you know what's best for yourself. No government can come and tell anyone what's best for them. That's each individual's personal decision to make. So if I don't think that it's best for me to take the vaccine, then I'm not going to take the fucking vaccine. It should not be the government telling them, no, no, it does not matter what you have. It does not matter if you're religiously exempt. It does not matter what your beliefs are. What matters is what I say, and that's what you got to do. So if I say the vaccine is what's best for you, go take the goddamn vaccine. No, I'm not taking no vaccine. People are going to start, and people are not realizing that. People have to start realizing that, or else, or else we're going to be like Australia. Look at Australia over there. They have gun control to the highest levels. People are out in the streets protesting. Women are getting restrained by police officers. Men are getting bashed their head in by police officers sim simply for protesting for their freedoms, their basic human freedoms. And they're getting bashed their heads in and they're getting arrested for not wearing a mask outside. But yet, since the since the public, since the population is unarmed because the government has restricted all gun laws and they have high restrictive gun laws, no one is armed. So no one can defend themselves against the tyrannical government, which is currently occurring in Australia. That is gun control at its finest. Australia, the current situation in Australia is gun control at its finest. We have people protesting and getting beat up in the street by police officers, by armed men, armed government officials. And then the citizens cannot do shit about it because they're unarmed, because the government has restrictive gun control laws for that exact same reason. It's the same thing that happened in Cuba, for example, when Fidel got power, the first thing he did, what did he do? Told the citizens, no one needs guns. I'm here to protect you. You don't need guns because I'm going to protect you. So give me your guns. Everyone went up, went into them like little sheep and, and gave the government their guns. Now, people are in the streets and they're picking up rocks on the sidewalks, throwing at police officers who are beating the citizens because they don't have any way of protecting themselves. They're not armed. They gave up their guns. So now they're unarmed and now they're weak against an armed population. The unarmed population is going to lose. The armed population is the government and the unarmed population are the citizens. Which are getting oppressed by the government, which is they're unarmed, they can't do shit about it. And that's the whole purpose behind gun control. It's not about, oh, there's shootings occurring, so we got to control guns because 
we don't want people, we don't want any more shootings to happen. Shootings are going to happen. People, all those criminals that are out there killing people, they're going to have a gun in their hand whether the government restricts guns or whether they don't. They're either going to have a gun, they're going to have a knife, they're going to, I mean, there's illegal black market selling of weapons that occurs every single day. The government cannot control that. So it's not the, it's not the criminals that they're trying to unarm. It's the citizens who they are trying to unarm. It's the population who they're trying to unarm so that the population cannot defend themselves against tyrannical shit like what's happening in Australia. It's the same situation applies here. Democrats are promoting gun control. And they're putting vaccine mandates for all citizens or else you cannot work. And then on the other side, there's thousands of illegal immigrants being distributed across the country who are unvaccinated, who are living under a bridge, one on top of the other, in unsanitary conditions. But those people don't apply. Those people, COVID does not affect those people. Those people don't catch COVID and they cannot they cannot spread COVID to the rest of the, of the population in the country. No, no, they're exempt from the vaccine. Obviously, because those are the people that in their, in the Democrats' idea and their strategy, all those illegal immigrants, by them allowing them to come cross over into the country, those people are later on going to vote for them in the elections, maintaining them in power, increasing their following, increasing their votes, maintaining the Democrats in power. That's their whole ideology. It's the bigger picture. People don't see the bigger picture. People see the small picture. The majority of the of 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 the population has a small-minded mindset where they see things in a very small picture and they don't see the true large picture behind why everything is happening. People don't ask enough questions. People don't ask why. People simply blindly agree to what the government says on TV because well, they're the government. They're here for our for for the better good of ourselves. So we better listen to them. That's when you start having that's when you start having communists take over countries. And that's when you start having all this tyrannical and all the, the oppression that's occurring in Australia and, all, and in all these other countries. When the when the citizens just blindly abide by anything the government says. But I cannot help you unless you're unless you're willing to help yourself. So. With everything that I just said, I don't think I've spoken on the economy. Just today, September 28th, 2021, the Dow Jones has fallen over 600 points. The Nasdaq has cracked below 3% in one day. Tech stocks are selling off. And this is all after just a few day, days ago. The, the financial markets sold off. More than ever since 2019. We have national debt surging through the roof. We have inflation at unsustainable levels. We have consumer price goods at unsustainable levels. We have the Democrats in Congress fighting and pushing to raise the debt ceiling and to extend the federal funding deadline so they can buy out some time to be able to pay back some of the debt. Now, at the same time, which is where Democrats contradict themselves. At the same time, meanwhile, all this is happening in the economy. Democrats are still pushing for the largest spending bill in history, in American history, $3.5 trillion. That's going to go to who knows who for who knows what. And all it's going to do is increase the national debt even more, increase inflation even more. 
and sink down the economy even more. So on one side, they're fighting and try to help the economy. On the other side, they're fighting to try to bring down the economy. How do you understand that? I think I've said enough for today. 40 minutes in. I don't want to make these video, these episodes too long. So if anyone who listened today feels outraged by anything I said, any of you listening today want to oppose me or ha- want to have a debate with me or just want to send in your personal opinion regarding any of the talking points which I covered in this episode, send over send over your ideas, send over any anything you want to send to my email, fulloutraged at gmail.com. That's F-U-L-L outraged at gmail.com i'll read it and i'll and i'll respond in the next episode and if you want to have an actual live debate with me i'm perfectly open to that you can send in your contact information i'll give you a call we can do it over just a regular call we can do it off like a zoom call now included in the next episode too so make sure you subscribe to the podcast you follow the instagram accounts on instagram it's at outraged podcast on instagram Subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, 